Hello everybody. I hope y'all are doing so well today. It is October 11th, 2024. It is a Wednesday. It's my content day. I have adopted a strategy to combat social media addiction and just addiction in general by um I only do really big um content dumps content um uploads on YouTube and other platforms Instagram etc um on Wednesdays to keep health and maintain balance speaking of balance I pray balance over y'all I pray peace keep in mind that I am not in a studio I am not in the most quiet place I am in a house that is by a street there are birds, there are things in the house that make noise. Do bear with me as I am bearing with myself. I come to y'all in this space to reflect on something that I find interesting. I'm learning to do things multidimensionally. You know, one week I'll do YouTube, another week I might come here, another week I might do something else. But just giving myself the grace of diversity. But I'm coming here today to talk about one of my favorite topics. Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole is one of my favorite artists ever. I love her for a multitude of reasons. Or at least I love Keisha Cole, the artist. I don't know Keisha Cole, the person, very much. I don't know her real name, I don't know her birthday, I don't know her zodiac sign, I don't know what food she likes, I don't know none of that, but I know that Keisha Cole is a part of my life, of the strength of the art that she has made, very specifically her first three albums. I remember, it wasn't long before Hurricane Katrina, that Keisha Cole's album, The Way It Is, came out. That album was so cold. Um, Kanye West produced it. And I think Kanye West, like, discovered her. Which is funny, because Kanye West himself was, like, really young at that time. But Keisha Cole's first album, it was so just, it was so hood. And it was so potent. And it was just so together like they got a song on it she said i'm tired of the bullshit competing with these other chicks you don't know what to do with this you ask not to listen guess what what nigga i'm leaving you and guess what i'm taking my keys from you i was so stupid for love thinking you was everything a real man can give me a mother guess what come on like oh my god like they had some bops on there. The album was really diverse. It was really fluid. You could tell it kind of followed a, a like a, just a love theme, but it was rich. It was really rich. I see the colors of how she had her hair back then, that orange hair and that cream. And how she was on the album cover. She had on like a tank top and the jewelry and everything. Like, dude, Keisha Cole was so reflective of... She looked like how my mama and them used to look. She sounded kind of like how my mama and them used to look in the sense of what she was singing about. Um, Yeah, love, love, love that album. And then her second album, that album had... I'm slowly falling out of love with you. I don't know what to do. How do we end up here this way? What are we gonna do? Like, oh my God. The memories. Like, I think I'm so attached, especially to that first album, the way it is, because that was like the Katrina soundtrack. You know, when we moved to Houston and we was like, my mama, whole one side of the family was living in one apartment complex. My mom's dad's whole side, the DeGroods. Shout out to my cousins if y'all listening to this. We used to bump Keisha Cole on the way to school. We used to bump Keisha Cole on the road. We used to bump Keisha Cole in the car. We used to bump Keisha Cole at the house. 
Keisha Cole was just really the she was that like it was Keisha it was Chris Brown very first album T Pain very first album I'm sprung oh she got me like the sensation of then was just something this was like before smartphones so the world still was in that very tangible very real dimension of like pre high tech like we was getting into tech but it wasn't high tech yet and so it still kind of was the world of the last millennium it was evolving but we weren't quite here yet things were still soft and a little slower Keisha Cole music along with other R&B artists from that time specifically the black female artists it was a league of them Beyonce, Monica, Keisha Cole, Mary J. Blige, Tony Braxton, Anita Baker. Like, ooh, they taught us how to be soft when, in a lot of ways, our mamas was going through so much to where they couldn't. I think my mama would have taught me how to be softer if... She'd known how to be softer if she'd had the space and the time. But you know, our mamas was just fighting to give us stuff to survive. But Keisha Cole and them, they was there. They taught us how to be soft. They taught us how to be feminine. They showed it to us. They showed us how you could be hood and you could be soft. How you could be about your money and your business and you could be soft. That noise is aggravating me. Hold up. Um, I think about Keisha Cole's song, Trust. Let me be the one who can take you from all the things you've seen. And if you trust in me, I can be there for anything you need. Give it all to me, baby Don't you run from me, baby I'll give you every little piece of me <gasps> Ooh, that one right there That one right there That one right there Monica, come on that thing Hold up Monica, come on that thing well, let me show you love can be easy if you just let it be. Nothing is promised, but I believe if you give me everything. Like, I reflect on that song. You know, I used to listen to it all the time as an adult, but as I'm in my stage where I'm at now, like, I have trust issues down. I have trust issues down. I have developed a hyper independence as a coping mechanism from not being healthy in stages of codependence when I didn't really have a choice to but to be codependent I didn't have a wherewithal to choose differently um so many things we deal with as a black people where we just don't even be knowing what we be going through until we not going through it no more you know but I'll be trying. Lord knows I'll be trying. I love my I love black men. That's something else about me. I love men in general, but I love, love black men. I love them whether they loving me back or not. <laughs> you know, I love them whether they want me or not. I keep them in mind. I do my best. I ain't saying I get it right. I be getting it right. I, I know I don't be getting it right, but I be trying. I be trying to overcome the trauma. But Keisha Cole music, Keisha Cole music to me exemplifies the energy of trying to overcome them traumas. Like, I should have cheated. She talking about you accusing me of doing something because you know you be doing it more than I even think about doing it. You actually be doing it. You accusing me of doing it. Oh, like, her music taught standards. Keisha Cole music for me is regal. Like, I feel the energy of the river. I see that yellow, that gold, that green, 
If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. You know I ain't going to expose Miss Honey all the way on this podcast in certain ways. Because we got to protect our stuff. But if you know what I'm talking about, okay, Miss Honey, you feel Miss Honey all up in that work. Monica stuff. Beyonce first album. You know, it's all up in it. Destiny's Child. Who? Did Delta Trinity was singing us out the womb, okay? 98 babies. 1998 babies. <laughs> but Keisha Cole. Keisha, I feel like she didn't get as big as others. And that's not to reduce or say that that's a bad thing, you know? We make everything about how big they got. Oh, this artist is underrated. This artist is underrated. They're underrated. Depend on who you talk to. <laughs> it depends on who you talk to. Somebody could, like, just wake up and be like, Mary J. Blige overrated. Mary J. Blige got at least a Grammy. For sure. And it ain't a titty bop who ain't bopping. For Mary J. Blige And also we have to consider We wasn't even spatially aware Some of us When Mary J. Blige was really like In her youth bag Like in the 90's But anyway Back to Keisha Cole (laughs) Her music just really fills me With a nostalgic state of Peace And like reflection And it reminds me of how the things that I'm going through at this age I'm at now, that when I was little, she and other women were the age I am now back then, making that music. And I just resonate with certain things so much. I'm really trying to manifest intimacy in my life. When I say trying, I do mean trying. Trying, trying, trying. I've been trying. And I really don't have a grip on whether I'm close or far away from achieving the milestones that I'm looking for. I have so many strongholds on me, so many things that I'm like... Is this something that's a bad thing? Is this something that comes from colonialism? Is this something that's natural? Is this something I'm entitled to feel? Is this standard ethical? Is this standard practical? Is this something I need to change? Do I need to force myself to like this if I don't like this? Is this superficial? Is this not superficial? How do I set boundaries? Where do I set boundaries? What do I do? Who do I talk to? How much do I speak? How much do I deliver? What do I give? When do I touch? How do I touch? I deal with anxiety with men real bad. Like, when I see a cute man, if it's not given, like, safe space, or if it's not given, like, I know him, or he approached me, literally, y'all, it's hard for me to even look at them because I'm just so wired to just assuming that it's not safe. That it's not safe to make them uncomfortable. I don't be wanting to make men uncomfortable. And so that makes it really difficult to initiate things. Sometimes I work up the courage in certain contexts and certain spaces. But Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole music, at the very least, does teach me to be soft. This has been a year. This year, last year, has been really, I've been really intentionally taking steps to be soft in my life. And understanding the great warcraft that is manifesting softness. How the battles have to be fought first. To be able to understand the strength that is inside. Like, I have to be able to understand how strong I am. To be able to ethically and really consensually decide to lower my defenses. I have to know the power of my defenses first. I have to know the power of my fortifications. I have to know all the ways that my weapons can defend me, but also how they can harm those who I want to touch me most. 
Keisha Cole's music, I think, is reflective of those battles we fight with the ones we love most. With the ones who we want to touch us more than anybody. Who we have to say, nope, you can't touch me. Because <laughs> Keisha Cole taught me to love myself. And Keisha Cole taught me about standards. And Keisha Cole taught me the beauty of my softness and what it's worth. And Keisha Cole taught me that that worth is something to defend. That worth is something to stand on. That that softness is something to be ethical with and careful with and patient with. The femininity of her music. That deep, 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 rich femininity that comes from such a state of vulnerability. I've been working on my vulnerability. is new to me as a functioning, perhaps dysfunctionally hyper-independent person. Because for so long it'd be like, I'd be like, nope, I'm just going to do everything myself. Because it ain't safe to rely on nothing and nobody. But I'm coming to understand just how... That might not be feasible for a lover girl like me. I really am a, I really, I really just, I really am a lover girl down. You would never know it by the way I move and by the way I act. And you would never know it in the reflection of just how all the time, like how I'm always by myself. You know, I be with my girls. I be with my sisters, but I be feeling very alone. I be feeling alone as hell in a room full of people. I just randomly start crying sometimes. I randomly, I randomly just stuff will, I'll be happy and high and all of a sudden I'll get low, low, low and I'll balance out and then it just, it fluctuates and continues. I'm working on being in my body because I understand that I have to be in my body to make sure that I'm navigating relationships where my body is loved. Making sure that it's not just my spirit that's attracting things. But, like, my spirit and my body are getting the attention and the love that they deserve. I've been standing on loving my body for the hair on my legs, my Adam's apple. You know, I don't particularly like my Adam's apple, but I'm practicing loving it because it's mine. It's my body, my facial hair. It is what it is. It don't make me no less feminine. It don't make me no less than what I am. You know, female goats, they got beards. I'm a baby goat. I just be letting myself be. And I've been finding that my spirit feel more aligned with the Keisha Cole songs now that I ain't shaving to attract nothing. I ain't saying that I wouldn't shave for the right one. But I'm saying I ain't doing certain things off the strength of who I might attract and who I might Impressed. I ain't immune to the yearning for love. Sometimes I still do a little hop skip. I might have a little silly moment. I get confused. I develop limerence at time. Limerence is something that develops in people who have certain traumatic backgrounds. Certain childhood issues. Certain things with neglects and insecurities and Different things. Limerence manifests when you get a very minimal contact. But because you're so used to not having no contact at all. That a minimal contact can feel like a maximum contact. And your brain will go from 0 to 100 in 2 seconds. And emotional attachment is formed. And when you like me, demisexual... That emotional attachment manifested to romantic attachment. And so, boom. You singing having scent in your room. Behind men who don't love you. Or maybe they love you, but there's no way to know that or uphold that. No way to judge it. No way to measure it. Maybe they love you, but it ain't in the way that you fit in love to them. Limerence makes it hard to pace. It makes it hard to gauge how much to give and how much not to give. 
I work extremely hard on my dosages, my deliveries. I'm working on it. And I speak to all those who are listening to this podcast. Please tell me. Tell me when I do too much. Tell me when I cross lines of consent and boundaries because I want to uphold it with the very best of me. Because baby, Keisha Cole taught me. (laughs) Keisha Cole taught me femininity. And I want to uphold my femininity in myself. And I want to respect my people, the men and the women of my community. I want to do well, very well. If I don't do well in nothing else, I want to do well in the realm of Consent and love and softness and care, relational intimacy, conversations and listening. I might not be the best. I am inconsiderate at times, selfish a lot of times. I am hyper-independent as a trauma response. But I'm working on it. I don't like to set expectations on people. I don't like to expect things because I find that expecting things leads to a lot of pain. So I just be rolling. I just be rolling and sometimes something to make me stop, make me stop in my tracks. And I'm like, ooh, this feels nice. This feels interesting. And I hear Keisha Cole playing in my head, but. More often than not, it's just it's just what a small thing. It's just a small thing. But I am learning to be patient. I am learning to let go. I really am. I am learning to really let things go. I'm learning to really understand that the more I let the men that I am attracted to go, the more that I accept what they are versus what my brain imagines them to be. The more I'm able to stand in my body and love my body and focus on myself and heal myself, the more I'm able to practice flirting and practice um, consent and practice standards and ethics and really upholding my standards Really upholding my standards, saying no, standing my ground, but also giving my great self grace for well, I'm 24 years old. I ain't gonna be perfect in nothing. I ain't gonna be perfectly immune to every abuse. I'm not gonna be perfectly immune to every hurt. Just like I'm not, um, <laughs> I'm not so high and mighty that I cannot inflict the same things that hurt me onto others. It's very easy to perpetuate trauma. It's very easy to have something done to you and then you do it as well because what is done to you starts to become so much of my world anyway. So much of what happens to me what has happened to me becomes my world. And so while I'm healing, I'm also having to keep up with not doing unto others as I would not want done to me. I'm having to keep up with the responsibilities of my swamp, trying to do things that heal the weather, the land, my people, and Keisha Cole be helping me out. When I go into my spells, baby, I play... Keisha Cole, like, is gospel (laughs) because it reminds me who I am. It reminds me that I'm Pearl, and Pearl is that girl, and Keisha Cole is that girl. And, yes, if y'all didn't know, don't mind the name that's on the podcast, even though if y'all call me that, it's fine. I got quite a few names. I got Jared. I got Jay. I got Miss Jay. Lately, I've been going by Pearl, short for Keisha Pearl, because that's what feel good to me. Somebody asked me recently, that's an alter ego. I said, "Mm, no, (laughs) I said, it's just me. I said, right now, that's me. I'm Keisha Pearl. 
I don't know if that was weird or not. <laughs> Probably was. I've been registering how weird I am in my love languages. Like, I'm very, at least I feel very different in the sense of perhaps it's connected to being a non-binary person. I'm a feminine being, and I exist in a spectrum adjacent, sometimes within womanhood, but I'm not a womb person, and I have not really an interest in reproducing. And so my dating practices are reflective of that. I'm not in the business of making babies. But I do want love, and I do want love from men. And not going to lie, I do have a hyper-attachment a stronghold, perhaps, to the idea of being with a cisgendered man. Maybe it's because cisgendered men is the group that I am most blocked from, and so it's the thing that I crave the most in my life is the attention, affection, intimacy, care, protection of cisgendered men. While I navigate opening myself up to be more open to other masculine forms, to trans masculine people, non-binary masculine people, or even things that are maybe outside of the masculine spectrum. I'm doing things to make myself more fluid, but at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I've been a divine feminine person since I was a little kid. And my most natural inclination is to lean toward men who fit within a realm of what we would probably consider hypermasculinity. But see, I also know and give myself credit that beyond the indoctrination of the gender binary and colonialism and different things and media and whatever, I also know that I... And perhaps more programmed, not so much to masculinity as we understand masculinity and manhood in a Western sense, but I resonate with energies of non-colonial masculinity in the sense of our reference um, African spiritualities. Where you have figures who are, you have male figures who are scholars, iron workers, warriors, hunters, planters, like farmers. And each of these figures has different characteristics within a broad realm of what it is to be masculine. But each of them are very different. And so... I can't say that there's a very specific type of masculinity or type of man that I want or that I look for or that I need in my life. But I definitely have a deep resonance with certain kinds. And it's something about black men, especially especially black men. I've taken steps. I've taken steps to do my best to not project sexuality onto them unconsensually because I love them so much I don't want to hurt them and I also don't want to be hurt by them for real, not like unnecessarily. And I have a hypersexuality that I deal with that I just I just be like, you know, if they don't come and talk to me <laughs> If they don't want me, if they don't like me, if they don't initiate in that, um, I'm going to just leave it be because I have a hypersexuality and I know that that hypersexuality is not always appropriate. It's not always safe. It's not always something to go and just be willy-nilly with. It's very powerful. And so I just be like, hmm. I try. I'm, I'm working on engaging with things, letting them be friends first. Just And I'm learning how to be friends with men first. Just Let's just be friends. And it's okay to just be friends. As long as our 
consent and boundary things are being respected and that the parameters of platonic intimacies are being respected and that we uphold and as long as things are upheld I'll be good and I do my best they not perfect I'm not perfect we not perfect black men not perfect black women not perfect black queer people not perfect ain't none of us perfect but we love each other and we're going to always love each other. And we're going to always hold each other down. we always going to be here for each other. We always, it, it ain't never gone, no matter how much shit we talk. Like, we can't leave each other behind. And it's such a traumatic thing to have to fight our own. It's such a traumatic thing to love black men and have to fight them. As I'm sure it's a traumatic thing for a black man to love a black woman and have to fight her. For both sides of that to have to fight us as queer people and for queer people to have to fight our families, our lovers, our friends, our communities, everything. And just be fighting, 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 battle all the time. Battle, just fucking battle. Battle with the people that look like you, sound like you, smell like you, talk like you, walk like you. Battle. Constantly having to weigh everything. Everything transactional. Everything costs. Everything come down to... The pursuit of the reciprocation. And I know reciprocation is supposed to be something that's positive. But sometimes for me, reciprocation can feel like it's not always healthy in the sense of reciprocation. Reciprocation needs to be talked about. It needs to be something that is fluid. It needs to be something that is not codependent. I'm learning about the differences between codependency and interdependency and hyper-independence and how a healthy interdependence is what we want. We don't want the codependence and we don't want the hyper-independence. But I strive. When I tell you I strive, I strive, I strive, I strive, I strive. I strive to be loved by a black man and not even just for the sake of just the feeling of, oh, I know I am loved. No, it's not for the sake of just the emotional thing. I want to be able to keep a temple. I want to be able to serve. I want to be able to pray over a man in his space and know that it's also my space too. I want to burn incense for him. I want to cook for him. I want to love him. I want to hug him. I want to be touched by him and to touch him in turn with healing in my hands. And I want to be able to do it in a way that's not just lustful. For like a reassurance or lustful for an orgasm or lustful for everything that I want or desire. When it's like there's things that's needed. And I have done work with the help of Keisha Cole and her music (laughs) and other R&B girls. You know, I have done work to get myself to a space where at the very least even if I don't have it I'm becoming more and more clear on what I want and how I want to engage with masculine energy and how there's a lot of things that no I'm not going to compromise with because I'm standing my ground in my femininity I'm standing my ground in a way that I don't want to be a leader in certain ways I don't want to be a big dog in certain ways I don't want to be dominant in certain ways I don't want to be aggressive in certain ways certain things I'm not gonna lie (laughs) even as a non-binary person I can't deny that I perpetuate certain gender roles I'm very much a yes walk on the street side of me baby when we on the sidewalk You know, I'm very much like, yes, I like to be small. Uh, I like to, I like to fulfill the niche of certain things. And for right or wrong, it just is what it is. That's where I'm at. Whatever social conditions I have, I'm where I'm at. Some things I'm overcoming and other things is just really strong hell. Like, baby, look, when I was a little kid, this is what I saw on the TV. This is what I saw. From my mama in a relationship she was in. This is what I saw from my cousins and my friends. This is what love look and feel like to me. And it's going to take more than just a decision. One decision to change my whole spectrum of love identity complex. 
And then there's other things, you know, because there's a lot of other things that it's like, okay, when we are evolving and healing, we can't just run. We can't just hit something and run with it. We got to be able to really sit and understand what come from the colonialism and what don't come from the colonialism. It just was kind of changed by the colonialism or it was limited by the colonialism. What come from slavery? What come from Jim Crow? What stuff came from all the way Africa? What stuff came from the indigenous Turtle Island ancestors? What stuff is ours to hold and what stuff is ours to purge out? Yeah. Keisha Cole is that girl. I love her songs. If you don't know, if you ain't sat and listened to her first three albums, if you are a R&B type chick Then It's a good time It's a good time to spend You know It's a good time to spend With them albums Definitely But I thank y'all for coming here I'm not gonna do the most And go overtime Working on Reservations Lord <laughs> I suddenly have so much to do in my life. Things are really starting and kicking off in a lot of ways, but I'm grateful for it. Things are quiet. Things are soft. I'm not having to do certain things that I communicated with God and was like, God, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to have to do that. And God is helping me in so many ways. To live the life I want. And that's also, you know, reflecting on standards. Hold them standards down. Fight for yourself. And understand that fighting for yourself sometimes is more about being quiet than it is about speaking. And sometimes it's more about speaking up than reserving in like kind of a a manipulative way. Lord, I just want healthy love. (laughs) And I pray the same for y'all too. You know, I want I want what I know we are capable of. I want what I know I am capable of. I want to be in my full potential. And I don't so much you know, I live and I work, but I don't really consciously have work goals because work is not a part of my identity complex in that way. Well, it's just like Work is work, and and I know as long as I have willpower and good intention, God gonna have me in good work. I save my intentions and my emotions for love, my personal love, and I'm very boundary with my emotions because emotions are powerful and they can do much good, but they can also do much harm. And it's certain things that I just know I don't have to feel. And there's certain things that I do want to feel, but I only want to feel it in a certain context. It's certain, you know, I want to be touched, but I'm not going to lie. I don't want just anybody touching me. I want to be touched right. I want to be touched well. I want to be touched well. I want to be kissed well. I want to be held well. I want to be talked to well I want to be cared for and I want to be protected and I want to be able to do all those things you know I want a good example in my life I want positivity I want consistency I want care but I also am not the type of person to beg for it and no matter how much I want love I'm not the type of person to go out and just expect it if it wasn't offered If it wasn't talked about, I don't expect. I live in that hyper-independence because I'm just like, don't nobody owe me nothing. Nobody owes me anything. And I know that it is a whole lot to say I need and want these things if I don't know how to give it to myself. So I am very much, I'm going to ask once. And if you can't give it to me, I'm not going to get mad. But I'm going to give it to me. I'm going to go give it to me. I'm not into waiting. I'm not into waiting on things. I'm not into suffering in that silence. And I'm not into taking on more pain than what I have to. Because as black people, we already deal with so much pain. I don't want to deal with nothing extra. 
Not to say I can't take pain. Not to say that I can't take being uncomfortable. I could take uncomfortability. I could take accountability. I could take being told about stuff, talked to about stuff. I can handle reprimand, but I do demand softness. I do demand care. I do demand rationality and reasonability. Vulnerability, flexibility. As a feminine being, I know the power of my mind and I know the sharpness that my speech can wield. And so I appreciate being spoken to softly, in turn, mindfully, in turn. I appreciate consideration for the fact that I am more than a sexual object, just as I am more than a spiritual object. I am more than a fetish object. And I take consideration into how just as I might be fetished, I can also fetishize. Anything that has been done to me, I can do it as well. I can perpetuate it. The work of karma is a is a double-edged sword. Whatever we are overcoming, we have to be mindful that if we are not mindful, we can perpetuate the very thing that was done to us onto somebody else. And boom, we're locked in a cycle. And we have to constantly learn the same lessons over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like, no, I want to be soft. (laughs) I want to be soft. I don't want to be at war. But at the end of the day, I know how to be. I know how to defend myself. I know how to defend my heart. I know how to protect my heart. I know how to turn my emotions off if I need to. And I know how to turn them on when it feels safe. And I know how to tell the difference between what feels safe and what don't feel safe. I know who hands feel good on me and who don't. I know the things that I want to do and the things I don't want to do. I've been working on privacy but also not hurting myself to restrain my speech, but also being mindful of consent, being mindful of delivery. It's a constant teeter, it's a constant tide, push and pull, constant yin and yang, constant light and dark. Every day is so many, so many mistakes, over and over again, just mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. But at the same time, it's triumphs every time we're able to look at the mistake and face that bitch on the spot because our egos are not in the way. The ego is fluid in its emotion, but it's not dysfunctionally emotional. It's real about Here's something that I need to do. Here's a service that I need to do. Here's an action that I need to do that is not just primarily in my own interest, but this is something that is for the collective health. And this is something that can feel good if I decide for it to feel good. I process that pain is something that I don't want to push away from my life. I don't want to ostracize pain. I don't want to pray away pain. Pain is the thing that makes me strong. Pain is the thing that allows me to have love even when I'm hurting so bad. Like, pain tempers the euphoria. Pain is what you're able to process true joy by. Like, you know how hard you had to work for something. You know the difference between something that came easy and something that you really had to work for. As a feminine being... Perhaps not just as a feminine being, but as a person, period. I am initiating myself into dating, sensuality, sexuality in ways that I never have known before. I'm taking off the burdens of taboos and morality complexes when it comes to chastity. If I'm if I practice in abstinence, it ain't because I'm scared that if I do something sexual I'm going to hell. It's mostly because I'm trying to protect my body. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm taking steps to eat different because I want my body to feel different. I want a different level of softness and health in my body. I want my body to smell good. I want my body to be moisturized. I want my body to operate right when it's time to have sex. I want to be able to I want to be able to cope well I want to be able to think well I want to be able to be brave in intimacy because intimacy takes so much courage for those who have such traumas with love 
so scared you're going to mess up. You're so scared of neglect, so scared of loss, so scared of, of abandonment. And the fear of all of that just prolongs the cycles. I want to be very brave. I want to be very fluid. But even with all my courage and all my bravery, I still need help. I still need help, you know, in the sense that it take two to tangle. It take two to tangle. I need that courage. I need that courage for masculine energy. I am a feminine being. I don't care how I look. I don't care what I got between my legs. I don't care how much facial hair I got on me. I am a soft, vulnerable, sensual, feminine being. At my core. When I am healthy. When I am not in a toxic state. Of, you know, when I am not in hyper battle mode when I am being vulnerable and I'm letting myself be helped and I'm letting myself trust going back to that Keisha Cole song the beginning of the song she said you know she said look if he loves you then he needs to show you that he loves you and I resonate with that I resonate with that because I know my capacity for love. I know the context of my historical spiritual practices. I know who I am an incarnation of. I know my own connection to the rivers and the bayous and the rain and the trees and the birds and the bees. I know who I am. And I know what I'm carrying inside of me. And I know what I don't have to prove. And I know what I don't have to overwork for. And I know what my dowry truly is. And I know how my beauty is connected to things that are far beyond how I look or how I sound or the accomplishments that I make or how well I'm liked or how well I'm perceived. I know that my beauty and my worth and my sexual capacity, I know that a lot of it rests inside of my hands. A lot of it is in my fingertips. A lot of it is in my voice. A lot of it is in my eyes. A lot of it is in different parts of my body that is not my ass and it's not my genitals. It comes down to how well I can curate an experience. How well I can follow a lead while also leading in the areas where I'm meant to. If I'm coming into contact with a type of energy I like that is very rooted and grounded and confident in the physical, I don't mind leading in the spiritual I don't mind leading in the metaphysical, but it got to be. See, I'm not so much reciprocation in the sense of give me what I give. Because I know, I know that love language. And I, <laughs> I'm very familiar with it. And I personally don't resonate with, oh, I'm going to give you the love that I want back. No, I'm going to love the way I want to love. I'm going to be who I want to be. But I'm not going to expect you to be who I am. I want you to be who you are. I want you to love me how you love me. And I want you to be confident in how you love me and what you do naturally. And love that and love the feeling of that. And when you come into contact with me and you experience me being me, you love that for what it is. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to do a 50-50 of us doing the same things. I don't like what's like me in that way. I tend to not be attracted in that way. You know, I keep sisterhood with feminine beings, but for the most part, you know, I mean, when I say I resonate with masculinity, like, it's the truth. I really like what's opposite of me. I feel small. I like what's big. I'm soft. I, you know, I'm soft and I'm a little reserved. I love a, I love cockiness, <laughs> not a arrogant, mean cockiness. You know, I don't need you to be like abusively like competitive or or trying. You know, testing. But I love, I love encountering like a man or a male or a masculine who is way more confident than me in their body. They in their body. And I see that and I'm like, hmm, this is nice. You know, coming around, you can help me be in my body more, you know. Like, yeah, let's be in our bodies together. Let's go do that because I'm so in my head all the time. 
I'm, I live so in my head. I live so in my head. I'm I'm so psychic, and I'm just tapped into so many things, and I come into reflection at times of how it's certain things that I'm just at the place where it's like I think I've taught myself as much as I can teach myself. I think that I've gotten quite a bit from my ancestors and from the land and from nature. To where now I'm just, and I've and I've also gotten a lot from women. I've gotten a lot from other feminine beings. I've received so much, but my girls are moving into spaces. They're growing up as I'm growing up. My sisters are growing up, and we're not on each other like we used to be. We're not with each other like we used to be. We don't talk as much as we used to, and I, that's great. That's not a bad thing. I'm happy to see them grow because it gives me space to grow. You know, I live in an identity complex that is connected to service. However, I don't actually aspire to be needed. I think that the goal is actually to get to where I'm not needed anymore and I can pass on. I can pass on to wherever I'm supposed to be. And in serving my community and in placing so much intention on as a feminine being who has the privileges of a male body with testosterone in it that comes with all kind of privileges and different things. I try to do my best to account for those privileges and aid those around me while also not positioning myself above them in a hierarchical way like no it's not to say I'm more special than them or I'm more powerful than them it's just to say I have access to things that maybe they don't and so I try to move with respect to that but point I'm getting to is that I am ready to like you know the season of my life I feel I'm in I'm not in a season where I'm trying to have more girls around me I want to be around a really powerful masculine force. I want to be around a man. I want to serve, you know, I want to I want to be in that energy. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that partnership. I feel like I've done a lot of work to well, uh, no I ain't perfect. I'm not saying that I'm just going to jump into a relationship and everything going to be cool, but I think I've done the work to be able to initiate something healthy and something beautiful, something to heal karmic cycles and something to Make ancestors proud. Something to create balance. And I'm to the point, I don't I don't even ask God. I used to ask God. I used to pray. I used to summon men to me. And every time I would just realize this was not a good idea. You shouldn't have summoned them. You shouldn't have called on them like this. So I leave them alone now. I really do. <laughs> and yeah, I be in my solitude, but I also know that I've grown exponentially from just resting in the solitude and resting in the fasting and just being like, girl, when it's time, it ain't nothing that's going to stop it. When it's time, it ain't going to be no confusion. I ain't going to have to ask all them questions. I ain't going to have to do the most. Excuse me. I ain't going to have to chase. I ain't going to have to feel insecure. I'm not going to have to be without. I'm not going to have to do nothing. I'm not going to have to overcompensate. You know, I'm not expecting perfection. I'm not calling on perfection. But, you know, I love warriors. Talk about a type. I like warriors. I think that's why I like jocks. I like jocks because what I'm really liking is warriors. You know, and jocks, they just they just an incarnation, a modern incarnation of all of them spirits you know, who used to be soldiers, used to be warriors. You know, warriorhood and athleticism always went hand in hand. So I know personally that it's not just like a superficial thing of like, oh, I just like them because they have muscles. Like, no, <laughs> I like the energy. You know, I like the energy. But I also register that loving the type of men I do it's a it's painful because it's a whole lot of waiting and it's a whole lot of things. It's, it's a whole lot of feistiness I got to navigate. It's a whole lot of boundaries and different things that I got to navigate because I'm I'm a strong femme. 
And I like strong masculines. And so it's like a thing where got to kind of compromise with the universe and understanding that, yes, I am divinely feminine, but the way my body exists in this dimension, I'm still a taboo in certain ways. It's not commonplace for buku men in my community to love me in the way, <clears throat> in the you know, to love me or engage with me or want me or touch me or um, date me easily. It's like a lot of things that's being worked through in our generation that's just like, damn, I don't even know if I'm going to get to it. I don't even know if I'm going to get to experience it. But at the very least, I know I be feeling what I feel when I feel it. I know that I feel the general energy of love and connection. And sometimes that's just what you got to accept and rock with. Sometimes got to accept that the work that we do is for the sake of collective healing, for the sake of something better, you know. Thinking back to Keisha Cole, them songs almost 20 years ago, and I am now coming into a space where I'm talking about it with y'all now. So the work we're doing now it might be for way later, and we just got to kind of cope with that and live with that. But no matter what, I will always love love. I will always strive to do it healthily. Emphasis on strive, because it's not to assume that I am doing it so healthily. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've long ago come to terms with how maybe I'm not a good person. Maybe I'm not the best Maybe I'm not first place. Maybe I'm not an example for the generations. I don't know. But I know that I be trying. I do be trying. And by the strength of knowing that I be trying, I don't let nothing weigh me down. Because, bitch, I'm trying. I'm trying and I'm living with the effects of colonialism. I'm living with the effects of slavery. I'm living with the effects of industrialization. I'm living with the effects of deforestation, genocide, PTSD. I'm living with all of these things, and I'm doing a whole lot of it on my own. I'm having help, but the thing is, as black people, the, our own people who helping us, they dealing with the same things, and so we all can only help each other so much. And so we all just inevitably still having to fight our own battles, and so... I just do my best to give grace. Yeah, I be lonely. Yeah, it get frustrating. But what I'm going to do? Resent the men that I love most? No, I love them. I hold them. I fight for them. I ain't going to let them abuse me. <laughs> I'm not going to let them abuse me. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to have my own. I'm going to take care of myself. And I'm going to protect my diary. Don't get it twisted. I'm going to protect my diary and I'm going to speak to my sisters, my godchildren, my people on how to protect themselves and what we have. But I also will always strive to speak on as we are protecting what we have, how do we bring our counterparts into holding it and protecting as well, protecting it as well. My aspiration is not to evolve beyond them. There is no future that I aspire to in myself, for myself, that does not involve the men that I love, the women that I love, the people that I love, the family that I love. And so I say once again, thank you, Keisha Cole, for teaching the girls like me how to love others, and how to love ourselves, how to love our bodies, how to love our femininity, how to love our blackness, how to love our hoodness, how to love our gold teeth and our rings and our hoops and our chains and our special kind of hair and our special kind of way we talk. We know the worth of ourselves. And if you're a southern girl, you really know the worth of yourself. Delta soil and water and rain and oak trees and cypresses. Girl, you know the vibes. 
But anyway, y'all, I hope y'all have a great day. I'm wrapping up. Check out the podcast, other episodes. Check out the Instagram. Check out the YouTube. Check out Etsy. I got some good stuff on there. More things to come. Check out the link tree in Bulbancha Guerrero 777-B-U-L-B-A-N-C-H-A-G-W-O-R-L-777 on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I hope y'all have a very blessed day. Bye, guys. I just wanted to do a little PS um, note and just reflection of the audio that I just recorded. I said nobody owes me anything. And I'm so used to living in that energy. And I think that a lot of people don't. I think that there definitely are a lot of people for me to be aware that this particular person does not owe me anything. But I will say that as a black, as an indigenous, as a queer person... Yes, there are spectrums of people and populations who definitely owe me and my people some things. So I just wanted to say that in clarification and potentially on another podcast episode, we might go into talking about the dynamic of that. But anyway, that's it. Um, Hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. Talk soon.